The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me. Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcasts. Adam, all good things must come to an end at some point, uh, especially in sports. The Milwaukee Brewers winning streak is over. Their streak of winning series is over after they dropped two out of three games, two out of three tightly contested games to the Chicago Cubs in Wrigley Field. What was the theme of this series? Some bad luck, some wind some good starting pitching and good relief pitching. Uh, Ultimately one of those series where you just say that's baseball. And I will, before I ask you how you're doing, Adam, I will do the soliloquy that uh, I was, should have done episodes ago, except it's a little different version of that. Now is not the time to panic. If you had told both of us that the Milwaukee Brewers are going to have a three game lead in the NL central uh, heading into September, we would have said, Hell yes, we'll take it. So just want to level set that right out there and say, yeah, hey, Adam, how you doing? First of all, Andrew, anyone who is panicking about the Milwaukee Brewers is not very smart. Just not very smart, plain and simple. Panicking about a team with a three-game lead, panicking about a team who, you know, played a very competitive series against a good team 
in freak conditions on the road and yeah they they lost the series um which included two one run losses in there what is there to panic about the seniors won nine straight they are in the driver's seat they're looking very very good compared to how they've looked at plenty of times this season even in this series i think there are positives we should get to and just a general kind of evolution of the brewers and you know some things some found money that's maybe coming to the fore again and we're almost at the time to expand those rosters and to maybe open up some new opportunities and who knows what will come with that the brewers are in a very good position got a tough series coming up but guess what your two rivals in the division are gonna face off and potentially take games off of each other go play baseball take care of business in the upcoming easy stretch you have and the brewers can still i mean genuinely cruise this division um they will see the cubs again in the regular season they will see the cubs to finish the regular season at home in what's guaranteed to be you know somewhat controlled environment andrew there'll be no just unnecessarily freakish happenings going on at amfam we'll find out who the better baseball team is but yeah i'm doing well uh yeah i couldn't have said it better myself uh i really enjoyed this this series i'm just gonna come out and say that because i don't think we should be saying that about a, a series loss to the cubs but it's you know the way we we had this last year but we were in the chasing position and you've had many more years of going through this than I have. But for as long as the season is and for as grueling as it can be and for we're always kind of looking off in the distance of what the goal is, I do think there comes a point every year and you're like, okay, now it's now it's like real. Now it's go time. Now the stakes are up. I can feel watching. You can see that the players can feel it. This was that series for me. Like today's game, the closing game of this series I was pacing up and down. I don't think I sat down for probably the final three innings. It's like, is this not what it's all actually about? What I what I've got more enjoyment from the Brewers winning it, sure, but I can't kind of just kind of cast aside the fact that this is kind of what we want the season to be, and what you want the season to be is that the Brewers are in the driver's seat coming to this point and they're looking to go and win a division. And then see what they could do in the playoffs. To me, it's like, we're here now. They're playing a good team. They're playing close games. They have a chance to win all of them. Let's go. I'm I'm excited for what's to come. And I, I really, genuinely, I, I found that feeling to be one that was kind of very much the four for me as I watched this series. It's I don't want to fully kind of fall into cliche and be like, you know, felt like playoff baseball out there. Kind of felt like playoff baseball out there, Andrew. It did. Uh, there are too many shots of happy Cubs fans for me to fully enjoy it, but I, I totally get your sentiment and the, the uh, you know, the win things notwithstanding, there are some really good, uh, for the most part, pitching and defense in the two losses in this series. And I never, I never really believed that the Brewers were going to lose either game. And then they did. Um, and here we are talking about this podcast. Um, my advice to everyone on the off day Thursday, which as, Discord user Logan just points out, uh, 
tomorrow's off day is kind of a fun one as we watch the waiver wire and people adding uh players to their organization potentially before September 1st. Uh, so I think multiple angels, playoffs. maybe? Yeah, all the angels are available. Um, it's, uh, in bulk, the angels are treating the waiver wire like Costco. Just whole team out there. Um, I think I saw that Renfro and Gritchick had both Hobards being put on waivers, uh, which I found amusing. Uh, yeah, stay off Twitter except for uh, waiver wire rumors. It's funny, Adam. I, I wasn't... <laughs> I was scrolling on my timeline, uh, and recently, when I went on vacation last weekend, when I wasn't uh, catching up on baseball, what what I was watching, I, w- I was rewatching OJ Made in America, um, and I just finished that last night at like one in the morning. Real light stuff to just uh, you know keep you going late at night when you need something to watch. Uh, Kato Kalen just uh, unleashed uh, a ranting uh, all caps tweet about this Brewers team. So uh, world's colliding. Uh, that guy really needs to be off Twitter. Um, shall we dig into the news and notes, Adam, real quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right. The first one is something we talked about last episode, but has been made official. Uh, Brewers have placed Adrian Hauser on the IL and recalled JB Bukowskis. Hauser's next turn in the rotation is Saturday. Uh, September 1st, obviously, the Brewers will be able to add uh, one pitcher and one position player to the roster. There's an open spot on the 40 man uh, with Bennett Sousa um, leaving the organization after being claimed. So I'll turn it over to you first. We know the options. Um, I think Julio Tehran was scheduled to make a rehab start for the sounds today, but that game has been rained out. It is now a double header tomorrow. Um, I, I don't think it will be him <laughs> being uh, brought back into the rotation, but of the options available, Colin Ray, Robert Gasser, potentially Eric Lauer. Where do you see them going with this? I tend to lean towards the more skeptical thing where I don't think we're going to get the Robert Gasser debut we might be wanting, and I think they might offer Colin Ray, but I guess we won't know until they make that move on September 1st and we get an announcement. Yeah, I mean, I want it to be Robert Gasser. Um, I'm sure everyone does, and we've seen a lot of good stuff come from the Brewers promoting rookies who are playing well and just taking that chance this year. And Gasser certainly fits that bill. Um, I don't know. Like my instinct is they won't do that because it's not the very Brewers thing to do. But again, they've done that all season. And Matt Arnold might just approach this quite differently to what we generally have in mind as, oh, this is the Brewers thing to do. I guess we'll see. Um... Eric Lauer has had his ups and downs. Otherwise, I think he could have been in with a shot just as someone who's really been true pitching against high-quality opponents at this time of the year. Um, a team like the Phillies. like For someone like Gasser, I do think that is... That's going to be quite a big ask for a team as good as that, a team as star-studded as that. Um, for... Oh, here you go, kid. Um, here's your call up. We're deep in the season. We're really in a don't want to drop any games kind of playoff race. Um, there's Trey Turner. Like, go get him. Uh, that just that seems tough. If he comes true, then it's it's really fantastic and it sets up something very very exciting. Um. I don't know. Scoreless in three of his last five outings for Hauser. 
3.6 ERA in August. Like that that might be the one. I felt like when Ray went down last time, it just felt like that had kind of run its course. And I I wasn't entirely expecting him to be back. And I wonder even under these circumstances, if they don't look to bring him back. Um Lauer has been kind of building up in terms of what he's been pitching. Seems like he's right around the five innings pitched kind of guy at the moment. Maybe that's the way you go. Hopefully get something good from him and then have uh, your bullpen carry you home. But I want it to be Robert Gasser. And I think like on merit and in terms of what between those three candidates, if we're going to put it to those three candidates, what they're doing like he's probably the most deserving. Um, whether they just have greater reservations, whether it's about the moment or about whatever it could be. And look, I, I think we mentioned this on the last episode too. It's a little bit later than when Eaton Small got his opportunity last year in a similar spot. That went really poorly and might have killed Eaton Small. And I don't know if that's something that they'll give some consideration to as well. It feels like there's a certain kind of spot or maybe the right moment. This is an even bigger spot. This is even bigger pressure. So if there are any reservations within the organization that maybe it's not just time for Gasser to go up yet, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. The flip side of that is... He has a 263 ERA in August. Like he's he's the guy. He's the he's the guy who's probably earned it when you're promoted from the sounds right now. Um yeah, I I get I, I want Gasser as well. I think it'd be just a fun thing to add into the the playoff race and September baseball. Yeah. Imagine he goes and pitches like six scoreless and they win, and then all of a sudden you're like cool this guy is a part of the brewers now and a weapon going forward and if we think what's going to happen happens and corbin burns is dealt in the offseason robert gasser is going to be aiming to be in that opening day rotation um the small consideration i get but in hindsight i really think the uh excitement i had for him was more about the state of the starting pitching prospects in the mm-hmm. Brewers rotation at the time, and that I was overlooking a lot of his command issues and hoping that he could, you know, be that next uh, young Brewers starter to step into the rotation and have success. Something that we still hold out hope long term for another guy who will be a fit to be added to this roster as an extra arm in the bullpen later in September in Aaron Ashby. Um, if he, he was. Ready now, he, I don't think he starts, but he's a, a no-brainer for throwing him into the pen and, and seeing what he's got. We may be up to think a few weeks away from that yet, so that's a converse, conversation we can have at a later date. Uh, well, I want to transition this to a similar conversation. Um, well, I just, but, can I just jump in with one? It's not quite news yet, but it might be news. Okay. Uh, which is Craig Council has said that Yoel Piams has gone for an x-ray on his right ankle and quote, I think he's okay, end quote, which is not great. I did notice we'll get to the specifics of that and 
Uh, it was a very big moment. I did think he was um, quite hobbled leaving the field after he after he got his final strikeout. Um, so that would be a real problem if y'all pimps is really to miss any kind of time. Um, so I hope Craig is right in thinking he's okay. As do I. Uh, I guess, I guess I'll transition back to where I was, but that's uh, that's something to monitor, Adam. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, so with that open spot on the 40-man that we talked about with Bennett Sousa leaving and that September 1st, flexibility of bringing up two new players. There's another guy who could be potentially added to the 40 man, uh, either via that spot, which you would expect them to actually use for a pitcher. Or if Jesse Winker is eventually DFA'd, um, could Tyler black be someone that they add as a bench bat for this stretch run? We've talked about it a lot. And it again, would be the exciting option, but is what we're going to see what we expect with this, speculation that we're going to see Ray Saturday. Is it more going to be the, the Owen Miller, Abraham Toro type rather than Tyler Black? Um, possibly. Possibly. I hope not. I, I think Tyler Black is one where let's say if he could slot in a third and give you something there, we'll maybe talk a bit about it more later too. Andrew Monasterio has really cooled off offensively. Um, he's still very good defensively at third base, but we've, <laughs> we've kind of been there this season. Brian Anderson is really good defensively at third base. Owen Miller has had his moments being really good defensively at third base. It's just needing someone who can give you some sort of hitting there too. I don't know how much they care. This is something we've talked about really a lot over the season and as it applies to uh, Jackson Churio as well. 
just in terms of how much they value or care about how long anyone's going to log in AAA when they've played really well at AA. Um, also, I don't believe that Tyra Black has necessarily been tearing it up. He's been good. Okay, he's been good enough lately. And the uh, thing with him is I think his skill set is lower risk than most prospects. Yeah. I mean, he's got... He's like you said, he's not tearing the cover off the ball in AAA, but he's got 14 walks to 10 strikeouts, like just doing Tyler Black things uh, as he figures out the level. Um, I think he had a tough night last night that uh, dinged his numbers a bit. Um, Yeah, it's it's an interesting option and one we probably didn't think was going to be one at the beginning of the season. But again, do we see this? He's at least different, though, right? Because. To not just move off of that, if you bring up Owen Miller or you bring up Abraham Toro and you've got Andrew Monasterio, that that all feels a bit redundant. It just feels like you're giving yourself multiple shots at the same kind of guy who you know largely what it is. It's like, is he going to let you down defensively? No. Is he likely to win you too many games offensively? No. And of that group, Monasterio is probably the one who has earned the most kind of fate and belief from the organization. And that's why he's still there and he still starts most of the time. But I just, I don't know. It feels like that would be ultra safe to a point where it's to the Brewers detriment. Cause you're not giving yourself a different option with that call up. You're just giving yourself another guy in the same mold who really isn't quite there. Where with Black, there's a chance that he could do more now, but there's also, I mean, your hope is he's going to figure more prominently into your future. And this, a worst case scenario, could give him the Garrett Mitchell bump we saw last year, which if injury hadn't kind of uh, interrupted that to start this season, Mitchell looked really good to start the year and could have could have really kind of seized on the momentum that he picked up late last season. Like, I think that's the case for for them to go Gaster and Tyler Black. And it's just like, these are important players. And you know what? They might be the best options that are there. Don't overthink it. Because it could be the move in the now. And the worst case is it should hopefully help you in the longer term. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm oversimplifying that, though, when Craig would just like to have, like, his own Miller security blanket back. Yeah, I think it's it's a question of what are they valuing with this extra spot on the roster because Miller gives you the uh, positional versatility and like solid to above average defense at second and third, and he can hold a glove at first base <laughs> and hold a glove in the outfield. Um, whereas Tyler Black's probably at this point in his career, it seems like third, first only, primarily spent this year playing uh, third, it looks like. So I think he's gotten... Um, in 2023, yeah, in 2023, he is only played third, first, and DH. It looks like there was a time in the past where I think second base was something that people had him as potential for, but doesn't look like that's been the case this year. Uh, so yeah, it's just about what do they value? Abraham Toro is a guy that's come up and gotten hits when he's been here, but hasn't been here long. Is Blake, per- Blake Perkins still on the I.L.? Hasn't gone on a rehab still or anything? The 
Yeah, he's a guy that I could see them wanting back up for uh, late game defensive replacement stuff. Uh, but yeah, there's the I exciting. Think, I think Tyro Taylor the- finding something though should again. Yeah, that that's true. Negate that, like because Tyron Taylor was completely lost and injured for a spell when Blake Perkins happened, right? Where now with Tyrone actually having been pretty good, not a good series for him that we're coming off here. And that just doesn't feel like the answer. And like problem is, is every position group that we can think of with like, who's going to come back to this or come up to, or come back to this roster. It's like a lot of overlapping stuff, like uh, an outfielder into that mix with Sal, Joey, Tyrone, like you're saying, it's like, okay, even when Tyrone's not starting, if we want to get Tanner or Yelich uh, out of the game late, Tyrone fits that profile as well as Perkins does, and he brings a little more pop to the plate. Whereas Toro he could, and he could pinch run without sliding off the other side of the base. You know? <laughs> yeah, the uh, Tyrone that is, as opposed to Perkins. Yeah, and then with Toro and and Miller and Tyler Black, it's kind of the same conversation, except. Uh, Owen Miller plays a good second base. So I, I think third is though, that's like now quite clearly the problem position, like down the stretch. Uh, yeah. that's where I think you don't like Miller played a lot of first. There's no first base opportunity for anyone like that anymore. Rowdy's actually looking, you know, don't wanna don't wanna put the, the cart before the horse here showing signs of life and has played well defensively when asked to to play first. Santana has obviously been very good. Marcana has been good and will play a bit there. Like there there is not any opportunity to play first base for an own Miller type anymore. That it, it, it really is you'd love to have someone who could give you some second base, give you some third base. I mean Bryce at second is another factor there. Um, but his defense has just been so so good, and he's honestly making a big impact every time he's out there. Where it really is at a point where it's like you'll take whatever you get offensively. He's making positive contributions based on his the level of his defense and just how elite it is alone. I mean, on the broadcast today, they're having gold glove conversations for Bryce Terrain, and that's entirely deserved. It's like that is where he's at. I guess the question just comes down to who does Craig Council and Matt Arnold, or who do they want starting at third base in a playoff game? And your options are Tyler Black, uh, Andre Monasterio, Brian Anderson, Owen Miller, Abraham Toro. Where do they come down on that answer? And my answer is, let's see what the rookies got for a month, and then that makes your decision whether or not you want to see if Monasterio can run back into some of that luck that he had. Um, earlier in the season. Um, Brian Anderson, it seems like he's just done having a regular role. Well, uh, I was going to, I was going to ask you what, what do you think about that? Because he, he feels like a guy who could have benefited from some time in Nashville or something. I don't know what the situation is there for him. Um, but like, he's just, he's not going to look any better by not playing at all, which is currently what the deal is. He's just, He's sitting there and maybe once every six games, there might be some reason where he finds himself in a game. Uh, I, I, That's not the answer. And when you name kind of those options, who do you want starting a third base in a playoff game? 
I'd kind of like the version of Brian Anderson we saw for like the first quarter of the season. That that would be the clear cut answer. A guy who can hit a little bit. He's not going to be your best hitter, um, but is also really good defensively. Like I, I do think he offers just a bit more pop when he's on it than Monasterio for sure. Um, and it just like him just being there, not playing, doing nothing, seems pretty counterproductive too. It's not it's not gonna help him get to a place where he could be that guy for you again either. Yeah, it's it's the situation where I think a team with ruthless roster management might have DFA'd him mm-hmm. and Winker a long time ago. Obviously, the injury and the rehab for Winker complicates that, so you're not you're gonna play that out as long as you can. But I don't know. It just seems like they're not that shoe's not gonna drop. The Winker one, everyone like anytime I hear any beat writer on a Brewers podcast, it sounds like they think that's happening. At some point, but well, well, sa- the, Saturday, with... Saturday is the day he can no longer be classified as on a rehab stint beyond Saturday. So the Brewers have to make a decision one way or another on Winker this weekend. And I mean, considering the timing of everything else, somewhat it coincides with, you think they'd probably make that decision even more swiftly. Like I, that's that's coming to a head, and it would seem frankly insane if Winker was back with the Brewers and taking up a roster spot heading into the stretch run of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we've gone around (laughs) in circles as we often do when talking about roster management to just say that I guess we'll find out on uh, Friday and then Saturday. But if, say, Winker is DFA'd, uh, that puts two two spots on the 40-man open. Maybe on Sunday night or Monday morning, we're talking about, I got to line up with you on your travel schedule. I, uh, we're talking about the debut of Robert Gasser and Tyler Black, and we're having a great time. Who knows? <laughs> that sounds fun. I, look, I'd be on board with it. Um, let's hope so. All right. Was there anything else that I missed? Uh, I, don't, I don't think we need to dive deep, but just, yeah, I've, I mean, around the league, the Angels did um decide that yeah they're ready to just cut ties with like half of their roster um uh, they're going into money saving mode they're moving on from guys who it feels like they just acquired last week wild stuff with the angels as has generally been the case just a very difficult franchise to understand We'll see. Interesting to see how all that plays out. And I mean, with the teams who might be motivated to go and pick up some of those guys and who are going to be in the right spots in the waiver order, it probably doesn't get to the Brewers, but it may well get to the Brewers' two-division rivals. Um, it's possible the Cubs or the Reds could yeah, find themselves strengthened by some of those guys who were kicked to the curb by the Angels. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I could see the Reds being in for a guy like Giolito. Um, Ronaldo Lopez will probably get a look around the team that wants to pick up another reliever, so that's a good point. Um, yeah, the Angels just continue to be like as embarrassing as a, a franchise as you can be. Are they the sorriest With- franchise in, in sports now? Like, I feel like even their whole identity thing, you know, 
Anaheim and let's not let's just drop that from her name. And I, I feel like there is something just really like particularly grim about them. And then to have the talent they have and just be nothing, be really irrelevant is quite something. Yeah, the A's don't count, so they're eliminated from this conversation. Non-A's conversation, I think they're up there. If you're like doing a fan happiness index ranking, they've got to be pretty close to the bottom along with like White Sox fans. Uh, Royals have been terrible this year, but like Bobby Witt Jr. could be a star in the making, so you can talk yourself into some happiness there. Although we know one star does not uh, does not make an organization, nor does two stars, but that's... That's uh, yeah. It, I may, mean, it makes most organizations more than it's made the Angels. It's safe to say. Like who the down baddest organizations this year? Non A's edition. Gotta be Mets, Padres, Cards, Angels. Right. That's like the teams that had expectations. Except with the Angels, you've already been wasting a generational talent in Mike Trout for a decade. And you just wasted a second one. And now he just tore his UCL. <laughs> and and then your general manager's going out and kind of throwing him under the bus, saying that him and his agent refused an MRI, MRI uh, a few weeks ago before the injury. So you've kind of, in my mind, unless he wants to sign like a one or two year pillow deal while he rehabs from Tommy John and hits, um, you've kind of torpedoed any chance you have of keeping him. And then you ask yourself, what does the future look like? You traded uh, some prospects in the deal for Giolito. Now he's gone. Um, you bought at the deadline to only turn around and be a disaster. No one Chanuel uh, actually looks really good. Their draft pick. I think he's got like an eight game hitting streak or going into the day. I don't know if he got a hit today. So, you know, there's a guy. But if he turns into something, a big uh, power hitting first baseman, they'll probably just waste him. It's just a, it's just a shit show. This is the only way to say it. I think Yankees are a team you missed off of the like the underperformers this year. The record isn't terrible, but I mean to be the Yankees and to be bottom of your division is not great. No, it's not. Um, and uh, I I don't want to put this into the mind of Yankees fans. No, but, you don't know, don't I wasn't gonna. I don't want to go oh, too wait, far pl- on it. I would just say in the future you worry about how Aaron Judge will age. Just given a player of his size and stature and the physicality of him playing center field. And he's already got, I think the toe injury that sounds like won't be permanently healed for a while or something based on what I've heard. So like, I don't know. It's interesting time for the Yankees. I think Aaron Boone and, and Cashman both are in a very questionable spot heading into 2024. And I could see at least one of them not being back. I would, probably say Cashman somehow saves himself and Boone's the one that's uh, out packing, but I don't know. Should we talk about the series? We shall. Sorry. Uh, no, it's long, okay. Long-winded day for me. I don't know why. Uh, no, first we, game of the series. We had stuff to talk about. It's important. Roster's expanding. Actual, like, unnamed spot in the rotation. So it's not just like, oh, well, they're going to call up some. It's like, they're going to call up someone and they're going to start against the Phillies this weekend. So we, we have to have the conversation. There's a, now a double header tomorrow um, because of all this rain today. So maybe I can go to the first game of that tomorrow and get a look at uh, at Tyler Black. Um, 
if he's in the lineup and uh, go talk to him and become his best friend. Um, I know if he he's not in the poker. lineup, you'll be like a newsbreaker. You know, you might have a first. Yeah, I'm going to be the Adam Schefter, the Woj of of triple a baseball tomorrow potentially in game one I, I can't stay for both games uh me and uh john taylor uh our college football team uh kicks off their season that day so gotta be home for that uh anyway uh make time for this uh series against the chicago cubs this uh make, sorry, make time off... for this what there's there's no i'm sorry there's no nc state football make time for this that i know of unless you're gonna uh, guess booked john maybe yeah, maybe me and John will, will get on there and talk about college pigskin one of these days. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, if uh, if there's demand for uh, Wisconsin Badger or NC State football chatter, hit me up and I'll, I'll go solo. In the first inning, uh, the Brewers make this series seem like it was going to be something, you know, really defining, like stamping... Uh, the Cubs into the dirt. Uh, Rowdy Telez with runners on, or no? This, sorry, this was a solo shot. Rowdy Telez hits a solo homer to left to left center field to make it one nothing. That's Christian Yelich. What a, my brain I was, is I fried. Was really confused for a second. Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes when I read words, Adam, the things that come out of my mouth so are not what those words were or in the same sequences. Christian Yelich leads off the game with an opposite field homer to make it one nothing. Rowdy Telez. This is his moment, not the homer. Hits a sacrifice fly with South Freelick on third to score him to make it 2 nothing, And then Mark Canna homers to left center, crushes it. Wind was blowing out in game one, uh, blowing in in the second two games. Uh, and what a difference it made in the first inning. Canna's homer makes it 4 nothing. Brewers. Wade Miley on the hill for the Brewers. Uh, allows a first inning homer to Ian Happ. Uh, in the second, William Contreras singles home Christian Yelich. It's 5-1. In the fifth, Patrick Wisdom's homer makes it five to two. Uh, Wade Miley just great outing. Six innings, uh, four hits, two runs. They were both earned on the two homers. Uh, no walks and a strikeout. Brewers played great infield defense and outfield defense behind him. Uh, quick, uh, quick innings, limited pitch count, only eighty-two pitches. Getting that soft contact and just allowing his defense to do the work and. Uh, I thought he was great, and I think you and I had this conversation in private, is that it seemed like each home run pissed him off and locked him back Mm -hmm. in uh, to the outing, and that's really what he did. Um, And, uh, yeah, great to see Wade uh, perform well and listening to his uh, post-game interview. For some reason, Wade Miley's voice and just like his his take on the baseball team and the baseball world really soothes me, so I hope we keep that going. I like I said before, he seems seems like by all accounts a lock to be a manager or a GM. Like that's he's he's just a baseball, not a baseball lifer. He pitched great in this game. Classic Wade Miley. I did say to you privately when he gave up the first homer, I was like, Wade Miley is pissed off. He's gonna go seven now. Um and he didn't go seven, but he went six and eighty-two pitches, and he maybe could have got seven if you know, if given the opportunity. Looked really, really good. No walks, which is always key. And just continues to have a very, very good season. He was probably a little bit extra motivated to go and get the win here. And he did an absolutely fantastic job. And also just the kind of pitcher that, I mean, there are some moments we'll get to in the final game of the series where it wasn't quite as smooth. But 
generally the Brewers infield defense has been absolutely fantastic of late. Um, and it's it's very fun to watch a pitcher like Wade Miley go out there and have that defense behind him and just watch them go to work and set up the offense. And those two home runs and the two runs given up at the game generally, uh, that is incredibly impressive with the way that wind was blowing out because it was just carrying anything. I do also think that is just worth mentioning uh, in terms of the overall shape of the series the brewers were by far the team that was affected for better in game one and for considerably worse in game two and three by the wind because the cubs just weren't getting the ball up in the air in the same way they weren't hit, get hitting balls deep enough in the ballpark for it to really matter at all um so we may be saw some good fortune out of the gate where the wind gave the brewers something of a helping hand in game one but that more than doubled back and really just the Cubs weren't getting super hard hits, weren't getting anything really out there all that often. And that's something that, you know, might have punished them at another time, but they managed to get away with it, although not in this game. In the uh, seventh, Drew Smiley replaces Jameson Tyon. Tyon obviously had that tough first inning, allowed another run to the Brewers in the second, but to to his credit, you know, I don't like giving the opponent credit, but uh, he did uh, go six innings to complete uh, the Julio Tehran special, which is five runs or more, but you complete <laughs> six innings. So uh, the, the 2023 version of Julio Tehran, I should say. Uh, don't want to discredit prime Julio Tehran. Um, in the seventh, Drew Smiley on, gets uh, Christian Yelich to strike out. William Contreras follows that with a double to right field. After a South Freelick ground out uh, gets William Contreras to third, a Willie Adamas double makes it 6-2. to two. Elvis Peguero comes on and pitches a scoreless seventh, uh, pitched around one walk. Uh, Yul Piamps gives the Brewers a scoreless bottom of the eighth, and then Hobie Milner comes on and pitches a 1-2-3 bottom of the ninth. Brewers win 6-2 behind Wade Miley's good start, a uh, first inning that included a Christian Yellett solo shot, a radical sack fly, and a Mark Canna homer, which would put the game firmly in the Brewers' control. Brewers win 6-2. Sorry for trying to give your home run, uh, Christian Yelich, to Rowdy Tellez. I apologize. Uh, heading on to game two of this series. Uh, wind's blowing in this this time and wreaking havoc <laughs> with the Brewers. Um, Corbin Burns on the mound against Justin Steele. Justin Steele has been one of the better pitchers in the National League this year. Um, and it was a... Uh, a duel of two pitchers pitching around uh, traffic on the base paths and just really gutting it out, each of them, to limit damage by the other team. The the uh, Cubs score once in the first on a Cody Bellinger ground out, and then from there, Corbin Burns, uh, while not having his best command, uh, settled in and, and got through the game. Seven innings pitch, pitched around those eight hits and two walks, just the one run on the ground out, seven strikeouts. So uh, a game that easily could have got away from him at any point if, you know, some some balls just found a hole somewhere and they put up a crooked number in one of these innings. Corbin could have been out of the game a little earlier, but instead he buckled down and got through it. Same can be said for Steele. Six innings pitch, six hits, a walk, eight strikeouts. Cubs bullpen was really good as well. Late Mark Leiter Jr., Julian Merriweather, and Adbert Azale, uh threw a scoreless relief. 
and some hard hit balls from the Brewers just being knocked down by that win. I can think of one from uh, William Contreras. I can think of one from Tyrone Taylor as well. Uh, well Willie Adamas where... in the ninth, too. I yeah, mean, Willie. Yeah, would have been a homer, and I mean, I think two of two of them would have been a homer in pretty much every other ballpark. Um, the Bally Sports Wisconsin broadcast showed three. I'm trying to think, was it Contreras or was there a Marcano one? Um, but certainly the Taylor and Adamas ones we mentioned, and um, plus one other that just based on you know what your average wind conditions that really feel there would have been home runs instead. Uh, one was blown foul, uh, down the left field line, and then. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, I know that's not very satisfying. You're in a race. You're playing your greatest rival, um, both just in a general sense and in this playoff race. And you lose the game by a run. You don't score. Certainly something that hasn't been happening a lot for the Brewers to see them get shut out. Um, We saw it happen in the closing game of the Dodgers series. Before that, I don't know. It hasn't happened in the second half other than that, I don't think. Um, so just really not a common occurrence at all now. Uh, I'm scrolling, Andrew. I'm scrolling. You have to go back to June 6th in Cincinnati against the Reds when the Brewers lost 2 nothing, uh, for the last time they were shut out prior to the Dodgers game last week. So We've had two of those in relatively quick succession, um, all things considered. It was two weeks going out of the Dodgers series. But it just doesn't happen to them often, and I get that's frustrating. The Brewers got on base. They gave themselves chances. Um, we'll have six runners on base, 0 for 5 runners in scoring position, but also some absolute tanks that just hit into the wind. Didn't get the reward they deserve, and that's you lose the game. No, all you could do about that. This is this is Wrigley Field, right? This is what it's all about. This is what Chicago's about. When the city has to pin its identity to the wind, Andrew, what else can we possibly expect? They also uh, have gross casserole pizza. It's another thing they have. Uh, the Chicago dog and the Italian beef, they're fine. But deep dish, terrible. Um, if I want to eat something that's square and cheesy and saucy, I'm going to get a lasagna and it's going to be better. Uh, I do want to point out, may seem inconsequential, but you and I also were talking about this privately. Admiral Uribe, a scoreless eighth inning with one strikeout, no walks, no hits. Um, Bouncing back from the worst outing of his career and one that, you know, you worry about shaking guys' confidence, but comes out in a one-run game. The Brewers are still in this baseball game. It's not like it's a low-leverage situation, and he comes out and he gets them uh, to the ninth inning with the game still in the, in the balance. So I just wanted to shout out Abner for that. Yeah, he's Shall just he's he's a cool character, right? I mean, I think that's that's how it seems. I didn't expect him to necessarily be shaken by what happened in his previous outing, but you never know until you see it. So good to see him come true and put up a zero and deliver an impressive. Indeed, Adam. Uh, game three of this series, Brandon Woodruff on the mound against Kyle Hendricks. And uh, boy, is Kyle Hendricks frustrating to watch. Uh, 
the zone was very favorable favorable for him today, and he really made it work for him. He's a guy that needs to live around the edges, uh, have a few of those called strikes that are just out of the zone be called strikes to get hitters to swing at pitches that aren't their pitches and then inevitably make soft contact, and that's what he was able to do today. And he was matched uh, nearly blow for blow by a different type of pitcher that's also <laughs> uh, tough to deal with in Brandon Woodruff. I thought uh, I thought this was a really good Brandon Woodruff performance. I saw like the second half of it uh, because it started with uh, a little bit of adversity. He walks Mike Talkman to start the game, uh, hits uh, Nico Horner, and Ian Happ double makes it one nothing. A Dansby Swanson sack fly makes it two nothing. Uh, he bounces back with uh, three up, three down, bottom of the second. Then the Brewers uh, get on the board in the third. A William Contreras opposite field single scores Christian Yelich. And then Woodruff um, again gets into trouble in the third, but battles out of it. Uh, Nico Horner reaches on an infield single. He hits in Hap, and then he gets Cody Bellinger to f- fly out and strikes out Dansby Swanson. And then from there... Woodruff really seemed to settle into this game. The two first inning runs being the only damage you would allow. Six innings pitch, two hits, uh, two runs, both earned one walk, eight strikeouts, 96 pitches to complete the six innings. And he retired the last 11 batters he faced, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, so impressive abil- ability for Woodruff to, to lock back in after the tough first inning and then getting into a little bit of trouble in the third and then looking like Brandon Woodruff for the rest of the game. Uh, second game in a row where he's kind of done something like this. We talked last time about that, uh, just the pitch count becoming something of a problem where you're like, it's he's pitching well, but he's going to get possibly knocked out of this early just on his pitch count. And he locks in, he finds a little bit something, and he's prepared to dig deep. And also, I mean, something we saw with Corbin Burns too, the work maybe commenting on because I feel like 108 pitches for Corbin must be a season high. It's not generally the kind of range that uh, Craig Council sends his starters. But Woody is right up around 100 again, having gone over 100, if memory serves me correctly, in his previous outing. Like these guys are digging in like you'd expect at this time of the season, but they're they're pitching really well too. Like Woody kind of had it, and if it wasn't for some bad luck, um some hit-by-pitch look, and this the story of the game was certainly the hit-by-pitches. You know, he's out of there with an even better game than he ultimately had. Um, but to get through six, like, every inning counts for your starters. Uh, that's something to factor into the next series as well, particularly with a, a TBD currently on who will be pitching on Saturday. But... When all these games matter so much and every win could ultimately be the win that makes the difference or every loss could be a loss that makes the difference. Keeping your bullpen as fresh as possible, saving one arm a night even is a big deal. And the Brewer starters for this series, you get six from Miley, seven from Burns, six from Woodruff. All pitching well. Um, no more than two earned runs given up by any of them. That's the good stuff. That's what you're going to need. Uh, Freddy Peralta's been pitching great. We need him to keep doing that. And whoever's going to come and fill in, maybe you're not going to quite get that, but the closest you can get, um, give it five, six innings and be in the game. It's like, it's essential at this point of year. 
it is uh, after Woodruff and Kyle Hendricks both leave the game after the sixth. Julian Merriweather provides a scoreless seventh for the Cubs. Elvis Pagaro follows with a scoreless seventh of his own uh, for the Brewers. Merriweather starts the eighth for the Cubs, gets a William Contreras ground out. Then they bring in Mark Leiter Jr., uh, as Rock noted, to, to showcase that uh, splitter off against left-handed batters. Uh, Carlos Santana fouls out. That makes two outs in the inning. Uh, Sal Freelick follows with a single to right, steals second. Willie Adamas has a great at-bat, draws a walk. Same for Rowdy Telez. Uh, that loads the bases with two outs. The Cubs then go to their closer, Adbert Alzole. Mark Canna steps to the plate. Guy just loves getting hit by pitches. Uh, you know, I, I've I've heard he, like, really gets up on the plate, and, you know, that's part of the reason. But this one was just a wild a wild pitch that just was directly into him. Wasn't, but, you know, he, he's could... not ducking it. Like, I mean, that's the key no, thing. No, no, I, no. I kind of, like, yeah, you don't want guys to get hurt. Obviously, that could be much worse. But there are times where I kind of feel a little bit. I don't know if you've ever had this conversation. I feel a little bit pissed off, though, watching guys who are just, like, ducking. I was like, you could have been on base there. What are you moving for? Uh, you could have been on base. I think that's a natural reaction, especially if it's like going. Like, I know it's not. Ass. I know the ball is not coming at me a hundred miles yeah. per hour. I am aware of that. But you know, this is the time of the year where maybe like a colossal bruise, this colossal wealth is worth it. I mean, it could win you a game, could get you to the playoffs. I'm sure there's playoff bonuses in some of these contracts. It's like. You know, respect to Marcana to get hit by the pitch sometimes. If it's going to hit you, well, don't get out of the way. Take your first base. Yeah, I mean, when I was facing like 75 mile an hour fastballs, my general feeling was if I can tell this ball's below my shoulder blades, I'm just going to wear it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't want anyone taking it like on the neck. That seems like a right. really bad idea. Like, but, I don't, you know, I, I a, went, a flashy I like, part like, of the body is like, let's take it. Yeah, I, I just had to have that, like, instant recognition. Uh, I'll call it a the, the hit-by-pitch version of a safe word where I, like, know. I need to know it's below my shoulder blades because I don't want to think shoulder and it end up chin. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, but anyway, Mark Canna, hit-by-pitch, ties the game at two. Bryce Terang follows by flying out to center. Uh, Joel, Yoel Pimes enters the excuse me enters the game tied. Uh, Christopher Morell reaches base on an error by Willie Adamas, a play he normally makes. Um, not an easy play going to his backhand side, but one where he just couldn't quite uh, secure the ball. Uh, throw was late. Mike Talkman then walks. Nico Horner uh, sacrifices to the pitcher. Absolute coward. Nico Horner is a coward. We don't like bunts on this podcast. He's uh, never successfully had a sacrifice bunt in his career, was what Rock said. So really great, great process there. Just fantastic decision making. Ian Happ at the plate next. Ground ball to first base. Rowdy Telez, uh makes the play and throws out Christopher Morell at home. Cody Bellinger steps to the plate. Uh, next, Bellinger, of course, having a great season, a uh, a batter to be feared at this point in the season. Hits a ball up the middle off of you all, Piamps. Uh, had it not hit Piamps, it probably would have gone to Willie Adamas, who would have made the play and got out of the inning. Instead, a run scores to make it 3-2 as, Tal- as Talkman crosses the plate. 
you uh, all strikes out Dansby Swanson swinging. Uh, it's three two at that point. As you mentioned, uh, Piamps uh, going for X rays now, so we await to see uh, what happens there. But just a bit of bad luck in that eighth inning and uncharacteristic things going in the wrong direction. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brutal look. Personally, we've no way of verifying this, so I can just say it. I think the Brewers win the game if that doesn't happen. If it doesn't catch its heel, I feel like the Brewers had that momentum. Um, Alzelay had already, you know, or was about to. No, had already walked in a run, looked pretty down on himself going back in so you brought your closer and he walks in a run to finish the eight it's like if Piamps gets out of there and the game's still tied and Alzelay comes back in I feel like it was really there for the taking for the Brewers it's just a really really bad piece of luck what can you do about it I mean Piamps didn't didn't really have it he struggled but he did everything he had to do including he got the ground ball that was heading right for short and it just hits his heel and you know, Kareen's back to Monasterio. Um, I, I made think a good Ol- effort there. Did make a good effort. I, I will say the one that, I mean, I think it was the out that Rowdy ultimately then managed to get at home. But the first out he got, like, they could have simplified this earlier. Monasterio going for the same ball as Piamps instead of going to third. Yeah, they should have been able to get the the out of turret earlier and just make that a little tiny bit less stressful in terms of the 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 situation the Pimps is having to pitch through. I, I just think that was either poor communication or just bad decision making um from Monasterio, I guess. I don't I don't know in that exact situation. The the play before that, I believe Monasterio had kind of tailed off back to the third base bag and was ready for that situation. So I, I don't know exactly what happens there because Piamps, it seemed like he kind of played a pretty textbook ready to have the option open to him. And then Monasterio was like on his shoulder screaming, I'm not there, go to first. Well, I mean, here is how in my mind that situation should have been operated. If you've got Rowdy and Monasterio charging, uh, Terrain going to cover uh, Rowdy's tracks at first, Willie should be on third and cover behind Monasterio. Because if you're getting that ball quickly, where are you trying to cut down the runner? You're not trying to cut the runner down at second. You're trying to cut the runner down at third. So yeah, that, is how, that is how I would have expected to see that. Uh, Can we get you a job on the staff? 
Um, they're all smarter than Mason, though. Um, are you sure? I think it might have just been a miscommunication. Uh, where because the other option there is like you were saying, Monasterio recognizes that in the moment that Pyamps is going to get to this ball, not me, and backtracks to third. But I was I was surprised to not see the shortstop covering there. Yeah, it's a good point. Just, um, and I, who who knows where the miscommunication was, but also um, the luck of the the ball hitting Pyamps a, a few batters so later, brutal. just like everything that could go wrong did in that inning. Yet they only gave up one run, so they were still in with a fighting chance. Alzale, uh pitching the top of the ninth. Uh, Monasterio, excuse me, God, Adam, why did why do I do this to myself? Monasterio uh, reaches on an error by Cody Bellinger. Uh, then Christian Yelich steps up, hits a hard hit ground ball, double play, um, and William Contreras then draws a walk to make uh, the hope in my heart continue to sing. I'd been asking for a Carlos Santana homer in the basket all game, and uh, instead ground out to the shortstop. Cubs win three two, take two out of three in the series, and. Uh, yeah, Brewers still have a three-game lead in the division, but uh, a series where two of these games could have gone either way, but I think it's a a pretty big, at this point in the season, statement from the Cubs to say, we're in this race, and this is a race. They also have to go go on and prove that against the Reds uh, this weekend and put them in the rearview mirror if it's really going to be like a boxing match. But uh, big wins for them, tough losses for the Brewers, and a series that just really could have gone either way in the end. Yeah, it's interesting to see the Cubs win this particular way too, win in very Brewers fashion. Um, they have also been a high-scoring offense of late. I don't know how sustainable it will be if they have to win a whole bunch of games like this down the stretch. I don't think that will play to their strengths in the same way that it necessarily would for the Brewers. Like, I... I'm I am not worried about them, but they're very real. Like I'm not saying I'm not worried about them as if they have no chance. Like they're a good team. And I know Brewers fans hate hearing the Cubs are a good team, but it's like they looked like a good team to me coming into the season. I thought the roster was pretty good. I think they're getting more from their pitching than we maybe anticipated. And they're starting to really reap the rewards of that kind of since heating up and turning their season around. And they're good. Like, I have basically zero doubt that the Cubs will at worst be a wildcard team and be a tough play... out for whoever they play. Like, they, they're just a good baseball team. And so this was a really good, interesting series between, like, two teams where it's like, yeah, it's low scoring. But also, it's very easy, I think. And it's something I increasingly try to do less of the more baseball I watch. It's easy to ding the offenses for what we saw in games two and three. Like some heavyweight pitchers out there, like some really heavyweight pitchers pitching really well, like 13 of those innings. You've got Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff pitching great. Like do we expect the Cubs to go on a tear off of that? No. Um, Just to stay on Kyle Hendricks, like two really good pitchers pitching really well. It's, that's that's kind of where we're at on this, but I I do like it's maybe not gonna break solace to anyone. It just it's not gonna sound good to any Brewers fans' ears. But I I wouldn't let my uh, dislike of the Chicago Cubs do anything to cloud my thinking here. They're a really good team, simple as they're a really good team, and 
they are going to be in the mix and they are going to be tough for anyone on a given night. But are they better than the Brewers? I don't think so. And I think this is still very much in the Brewers' hands and the Brewers should be able to do enough to win this division. Yeah. No one hates Cubs fans. You and really the Cubs, hate them. Like me. Or actually, plenty of people hate them like I do. But it just embedded in me so quickly, even though it started as a bit. You go to Wrigley Field in a Brewers jersey when I didn't have my emotional support group of Brewers fans with me. And I was, you know, on my own on opening day. And Corbin You said they only picked on you when you're on your own? Is that? No, it, th- this was just like I didn't have someone being like, don't yell back at this stranger, Andrew, because <laughs> you've had four beers and a Bloody Mary and maybe whatever's going to happen is not worth whatever satisfaction you'll get from chirping back. That's That was Andrew, game one. Andrew, I have, I have met your wife. I have been at Wrigley Field with your wife. I feel like you were probably told out of that game. But anyway. Um, I'm sure I was, but did I listen? Uh, um, look, I, I shared this with the Discord. One of the great joys we had, and again, it was when you had your your emotional support group of Brewers fans with you was seeing the Brewers come back and just break Cubs hearts and to hear Wrigley get quieter and quieter to all of a sudden, you know, the noise from Brewers fans all around the place at Amfam South, as you know, everyone's calling it these days, um, just became more and more noticeable, more and more prominent. Like that's a, that's a great, great feeling. Uh, it's a pity we couldn't get one more of those in this series. I, I still remain very, very confident that the last laugh belongs to the Brewers. I share that optimism. I mean, it it could potentially get really fun or fun slash stressful. The last get series of that season yeah. is in It's going to come down to it. It's going to come down to it. These two teams are five and five against one another. So whoever wins two out of three in that series has got the tiebreaker. Um, one other annoying thing about the Cubs uh, is they just play really good defense. We said in the offseason when we talked about the Dansby Swanson signing that, oh, you add Dansby Swanson to the middle of your infield, a guy who's been one of the best shortstops in baseball the last few seasons, and then you move a good shortstop in their own right uh, – over to second base and Nico Horner. And I think uh, that showcased itself in this series. If I'm not mistaken, there was no, some you're, play. You're not, you're not mistaken. Nico Horner made multiple pretty insane plays. There was. He made one, one in game I one. I can't remember the play I'm thinking of where he kept the ground ball in the infield. It was an infield single, but had he not done that, um, I think the Brewers would have scored a run. I can't remember what moment that was in the game. And at that point, uh, I was just like, oh, middle, here we go. Middle-ish inning, six, seventh, maybe, approaching that that point. But then in game one, he also had a great stop that he like turned into an incredible throw to get the out out of two. He had a really, really good series defensively. Like mm. it's that's that's tough. Like that's part of beating this team too. And maybe that's also where their pitching isn't quite at the heights of where say the Brewers pitching is, but your pitching starts to look a whole lot better when you've got Nico Horner and Dansby Swanson at second and short behind them. Yeah. All this is to say the Cubs pitchers and defense had a really hot series. The Brewers are still good. Nobody panic. We've got 
we've we've got uh the rest of the season to play out got the three game lead F- feel good until until actual disaster strikes that's what i'm saying that's all i'm saying also i hate the cubs shall we look ahead at them let's look ahead all right looking ahead to the weekend series at hand um off day tomorrow for the brewers so good opportunity for anyone and everyone to touch grass, go for a walk, give someone a hug, uh, pet a dog, do all those things. Also for uh, ankles fr- to rest up, you know, in the Santana and Piamp stakes. Uh, that too. That's a very good point. Um, Friday, September 1st, 710 Central Start, Freddie Peralta against Zach Wheeler. Saturday, September 2nd, 615 Central Start on Homer Simpson Fox, question mark versus Aaron Nola. Then on Sunday, September 3rd, 12.05, Central Start on Peacock. Wade Miley versus Ranger Suarez. Then the Brewers will head to Pittsburgh for for three, and then to New York for three. Why did I think it was a four-game series against the Pirates? I don't know, but anyway, baseball. Was was Sal's debut on, as you love to call it, Homer Simpson Fox? It was either that or Fox Sports 1. I can't remember. I I think it was Big Boy Fox. Maybe it's time for another Brewers rookie to have their their debut on on Fox. I like the way you think. Is Adam Amin going to be there? Because if he is, that means good things for the Brewers. If if he is, it certainly means Sal Freelich needs to play. Um, Let's go to the Master Brewer leaderboard, which I skipped by accident. Uh, Wade Miley gets a beer. Great outing for him. Corbin Burns gets a beer. Brandon Woodruff. Elvis Pagaro. Hobie Milner. Abner Uribe. Christian Yelich, William Contreras, Rowdy Telez, Mark Canna, uh, just caked up. Gotta love it. Uh, And Sal Freelich rounds out the board. Through 133 games, Devin Williams with 30, William Contreras with 27, Christian Yelich with 26, Joel Pines with 24, Corbin Burns 22, Hobie Milner with 20, Willie Adamas with 19, Bryce Serang and Elvis Peguero with 17, Joey Weimer and Bryce Wilson with 15, Brian Anderson uh, Freddie Peralta with 14, Rowdy Telez with 13, Owen Miller with 12, Peter Strzelecki, Victor Caratini, Andrew Monasterio with 11, Wade Miley and Sal Freelich have 10, Admiral Rebe with 9, Julio Tehran, Colin Ray, Adrian Hauser, and Tyrone Taylor with 8, Trevor McGill with 7, Brandon Woodruff with 6, Garrett Mitchell, Blake Perkins, Carlos Santana with 5, Jesse Winker and Mark Canna with 4, Jake Cousins, Eric Lauer with 3, Gus Farland, Javi Guerra, Rymo Tapia, Abraham Toro with 2, Mike Brasso, Luke Voigt, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, J.B. Bukowski, Jemai Jones, and J.C. Mejia with one. And going through that list, uh, I noticed, uh, obviously, he threw four innings on uh, Sunday to keep the Brewers in a game. Nice to get uh, Bryce Wilson a full full series off and an off day and uh, have him back for a Swiss Army knife roll over the weekend as there is uncertainty open with... yeah. That could be like again, like if it is Eric Lauer and he's only really been going five. Best case scenario, well, maybe you don't get best case scenario. You need someone to really go and take the game by the scruff of the neck. Good time Absolutely. to get Bryce arrest. All right. Uh, Cubs, Reds. Important. We'll all be keeping a close eye on that. Hey, let's just let's just split the series, guys. I guess should we do that, or I mean, do we prefer the Reds just go sweep the Cubs or something? Reds, That's, uh... Reds, Reds three one. Is that actually the best case scenario? 
I you think know, it might be. Hurt the Cubs. Listen, I'm open to anything that isn't Cubs tree one or better. Um, so just hold up your end of the bargain and stay relevant. Reds is really where yeah, the Reds, uh, I think, just did complete a win over the Giants. Uh, am I saying that right? So they are six games back. Cubs three games back, obviously. So I think I think I'm cool with the three one Reds and the, the Brewers take two out of three from the Phillies. That, that would be my my wish and my hope. And then I Even think, if it's uh, one out of three in that scenario, like you'd live with it, and then you've got to stretch a schedule where get back to winning ways and really pass them up again. Yeah, I mean, they're we've got options, Adam. We've got options. I I forgot that was a four game series. They got the doubleheader on Friday. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll keep a close eye on that. Of course, we'll be hoping for good things from the Brewers in Philly. To reflect on all of that. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to Cruising for Bruising wherever you get your podcasts. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN podcasts. Get the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed, home to all things Milwaukee books. Talk to Tundra for everything Green Bay Packers, final preparations for the season. Things are really ramping up. Stay on top of it all with Jordan Tresky and Nunak. Uh, for movies, pop culture, and other things, hear more from Andrew and I. Make time for this. That's where we talk about all that stuff. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Always have a safe word.